You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can find all of our podcast content at Facebook, our group there. You can like us. You can subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, everywhere you can find podcasts you can find the Locked On Packers podcast and whenever you want to be a part of the Locked On Packers podcast you can do that at the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775 it is crossover Thursday it would have been crossover Wednesday except we had a crazy deadline day on Tuesday with the trade deadline looming and the Ty Montgomery trades and the Haha Clinton Dix trade. And so we had to spend a whole show talking about those deals. But Mark Schofield from Locked On Patriots is in the house today to talk about Packers Patriots because at this point, it's now Thursday. We have to be on to the Patriots. By this point, there's games tonight. And then it's not the Packers and it's not the Patriots, but there is NFL action tonight. So if there are other games going on for this new week, then by all means, Packer fans, Patriots fans, we have to be on to the next week. The The Rams game is over. The trades are over. It is now Packers-Patriots because that is what is most important at this point in the week. So before we get to the crossover part of the show, it's important that we point out that on Wednesday at practice for Green Bay, Tremont Williams was in the safety group taking reps with the safeties. And part of Mike McCarthy's discussion on who is going to replace HaHa Clinton Dix centered around some players who are going to have opportunities. And he mentioned the reshuffling of positions, which suggests to me at least some of the players who are going to attempt to replace HaHa Clinton Dix are going to come from a position other than safety and Jermaine Whitehead didn't practice on Wednesday despite the fact that he played last Sunday is this a maintenance thing we don't know yet but I do think the most likely player to replace Clinton Dix is Tremont Williams someone who has played safety in the Mike Patton defense before a veteran with a lot of experience who not only is going to be able to step into a safety role and the Packers coaches are going to trust him, but makes way at cornerback. And I think this is equally as important. Tremont Williams moving to safety and playing that other safety spot opposite Kentrell Bryce doesn't just put a reliable veteran in that place. It opens the door for Bashad Breland and Josh Jackson to play opposite him. And if you look at this cornerback group, if you have Jair Alexander, who has become a star for the Packers in just a few weeks, and Kevin King, who has become a reliable and impactful corner on the boundary for the Green Bay Packers, 
And then you say, okay, between Brashad Breland and Josh Jackson, the Packers should be able to find one of these dudes who can give them quality and impactful minutes moving forward. Well, then it makes sense to say, Tremont Williams, we're going to move you to safety, especially when you look at some of the, the games this year where the 49ers game, for example, Tremont was clearly worried about his speed over the top and he gave too much cushion to Marquise Goodwin. Well, someone like Josh Jackson, who has long arms and athleticism and speed, is not going to worry. Or Bashad Breland, who has confidence in his press man skills. These guys are not going to worry about that speed over the top. And furthermore, they're not going to worry because they have Tremont Williams behind them. They're going to say, we're going to be able to be more aggressive out of this formation than we might have been under a different formation with the Green Bay Packers. And when you look at what Mike Patton has done over the course of the season, he has said, I mean, said explicitly that he hasn't done as much as he would like to do because the back end has not been as reliable as he would like it to be. And that includes having to play Devon House. That includes having to worry about some of these rookie corners. Well, Jair Alexander has put those concerns to bed. Kevin King is healthy. There should be no concerns with him at corner. And then if Bashad Breeland is going to play this week for the first time, or Josh Jackson is going to play this week again, then Green Bay should have fewer concerns in the back end, and they should be able to be more aggressive on the front side with that front seven regardless of who's going to play the safety position, and they should be able to create problems for Tom Brady. The best way, and we're going to talk about this with Mark, the best way to create problems for Tom Brady is pressure up the middle. And Green Bay is ideally suited to do that, not just because Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark are monstrous or because Shaq Mason is dealing with an injury or because Joe Dooney and this interior offensive line struggled against the Patriots, but because Mike Patton has designed this defense. I mean, those factors certainly play into it. I mean, I don't want to dismiss the fact that if Shaq Mason is not able to play Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, it's a green light special for them. And I don't want to downplay that those two interior defensive linemen are really freaking good. But Mike Patton has created this defense to scheme up pressure off the edge because he doesn't have to scheme up pressure up the middle. And that makes this defense against Tom Brady extremely successful, potentially. And that makes this defense ideally suited to face a Tom Brady team where you don't necessarily want to bring a bunch of free rushers. You don't want to do a zero blitz. You don't want to call some pressure where you're going to leave yourself vulnerable at the back end. What you want to be able to do is rush with four or five and get after Brady, and with the Packers and those interior defensive linemen, they may be able to do that, and that is something that I think Green Bay can hang their hat on in this game. The free safety position, given the way that this team is structured right now, when you look at what the Patriots are able to do, they're not creating big plays down the field. And Rob Gronkowski, because he's not healthy and potentially just not the same sort of physical specimen that he's been in the past, may not be able to take advantage of the middle of the field in the same way that he used to. And if you can take away the middle of the field against the Patriots, and this is going to be the goal of the Green Bay Packers defense in this game, 
if you can take away the middle of the field against Tom Brady and you can pressure him up the middle, take either of those two things in isolation and they are good paths to disrupting this Patriots offense. Put them both together, something Green Bay can probably do in this game, and you have a great opportunity to create some problems for Tom Brady, which the Packers, if they want to win, they have to do. All right, let's get into crossover. Wednesday, Mark Schofield. He is the host of Locked on Patriots. He is also a contributor at Inside the Pylon Pro Football Weekly, The Score, and Big Blue View. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Schofield. That's S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. Mark, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for being a part of Crossover Wednesday a day late. And let's jump right into what we're going to talk about this week. Packers, Patriots in a marquee matchup. We saw a couple weeks ago on a Sunday night this Patriots defense struggle a little bit to contain Patrick Mahomes. They got him off his spot early, rattled him a little bit, forced him into some turnovers. In all likelihood, they're not going to be able to confuse and rattle Aaron Rodgers in the same way. What is your level of concern with this Patriots defense that they're going to be able to stop what should be a pretty explosive Packers offense on Sunday? You know, Peter, it's a it's kind of the million dollar question facing the Patriots this season. And you could even say dating back to last season, some of you know their games down the stretch last year and obviously into the Super Bowl, because this defense has at times really sort of struggled you know, to make plays, to get off the field on third down situations. You mentioned the Sunday night game. They did a good job in the first half of sort of forcing Kansas City to settle for some field goals. They did a lot, you know, typical Bill Belichick style to, you know, try to take away what you do best. And for the Patriots that night, it was Travis Kelsey, sometimes double or triple covering him at times. So, you know, looking ahead to this matchup, obviously, like you said, look, you're not going to confuse Aaron Rodgers. It's something that he hasn't seen as a quarterback. So I think the game plan for New England England is going to be try to take away Devontae Adams as much as possible. You know, try to make this become a game with some of the other guys have to sort of beat you. You know, try to take away what Rodgers might consider his favorite target. And then just, you know, typical, you know, similar to that game against Kansas City. Force them to settle for field goals at times. Force them to settle for three instead of seven. Because if New England can do that, you know, chances are they'll, they'll be able to score enough one way or another to come out victorious. But if Green Bay is able to get the ball into the end zone, able to finish off drives, you know, that's going to be a huge problem for this Patriots as a team, you know, looking ahead to Sunday night. Yeah, and, and as I look back at uh, 2014, the last time these two teams met up, it is still what I think the... Um, the magnum opus of Mike McCarthy as a coach. I think it's the best coached game he has ever had. And Bill Belichick said as much after. I mean, he he basically said, I don't know why Mark, Mike McCarthy is not considered among the best coaches in the league because he's he's really good. And it was a game where um, the, the Patriots said, we're not going to let Jordy Nelson beat us. Yeah. And so Devontae Adams, it was his breakout game as a rookie. And if he catches uh, a ball that was in his hands... Um, the Packers probably win that game by double digits because it would have it would have made it a two score game. In fact, I think at the time it would have made it a, a 15 or a 16 point game. I can't remember exactly what it was. The Patriots still had a chance to win late um, and it, it would not have been as close had he hung on to the ball. They get three instead of seven there. But this Packers offense uh, has more players on it than it did then in terms of 
the tight end, it's Jimmy Graham instead of Richard Rodgers. Instead of a rookie and Randall Cobb, it's Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison, and two rookies plus a deep stable of running backs. So I think although Aaron Rodgers was the MVP that year, and that offense was more balanced and more effective than this offense has been, I think this offense is actually more talented uh, than that 2014 team. Uh, and I guess I'm I'm wondering what you think the approach from New England is going to be when it comes specifically to Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. Because in that 2014 game, there was a lot of mush rush. Keep Rodgers in the pocket. Don't let him beat us outside the pocket. Well, with Rodgers hurt, do you think that's the game plan this week? I think in a sense it will be mostly, Peter, because that's been New England's sort of approach to a lot of the quarterbacks that they've faced this year. You know, you know New England has faced a schedule with a lot of mobile quarterbacks, and part of that reason might be just we're seeing more mobility at the quarterback position just league-wide. But you're talking about playing guys like Deshaun Watson in week one. You get Blake Bortles with some athleticism in week two. Obviously, Mahomes, Mitchell Trubisky as well. And so they're going up against a stable of quarterbacks that have you know given them problems in the past. New England has notoriously struggled with mobile quarterbacks. They've struggled in sort of those scramble drill type situations. And so I think similar to that game in 2014, you are going to see more of a concerted effort to sort of, you know, even though Rodgers may be hurt, still, you know, keep him in the pocket. Don't let him sort of extend the places he can right now. You know, historically over his career, Rodgers has done such a great job sort of in those scramble drill type situations. And so I think that's, you know, definitely going to be a focus of New England from the defensive standpoint. I want to ask about the Patriots offense, though, because for much of Monday night, um, they did not look like an explosive team. And even when they created some big plays, it came in difficult ways. It, it took, um, you know, a remarkable Rob Gronkowski catch along the sidelines to get them into, and a review of that call, um, to get them down there. It doesn't seem like Gronk is moving the same way. Assess for me where this offense is and, and can they still consistently generate big plays? You know, Peter, it's been a struggle for this offense, even though they've, you know, prior to last week, they were going through a stretch where they were scoring, you know, 40, 38, 43, they, you know, they were putting up points, but it wasn't coming easy. It's not a big play production type offense right now. They've got some isolated big plays here and there. They had one, for example, against Chicago on a 55 yard catch and run from Josh Gordon, but they're not really a big strike offense. And you know, at times throughout the Brady-Belichick era, they've had that ability, particularly with Randy Moss. But for the most part, it's been an offense that's, you know, going to do what they can in terms of taking what the defense gives them. And if they're going to give them underneath routes, they'll take that. If they're going to give them quick outs along the sideline, they'll take that. The one thing that you know Buffalo was able to do on Monday night, which is something that, you know, the Patriots and Tom Brady in particular have sometimes struggled with, is they did a lot in terms of dropping into coverage and trying to take away some of those you know, intermediate routes, those seam routes, those dig routes that Tom Brady really likes to throw. And it's a game plan that sort of harkens back to the Rex Ryan days when Ryan was first, you know, with Baltimore as a defensive coordinator and later with the Jets or the Bills, where Ryan would try so hard to sort of constrict the middle of the field take away those throwing lanes where Tom Brady likes to put the football and force him to either check it down or throw towards the boundaries or deep where Look, as good as he is as a quarterback, Tom Brady much prefers to throw those option routes in the middle of the field than he does, you know, pushing it down, 
you know, downfield in the vertical passing game. And that's one of the things that Buffalo was able to do. Another thing that Buffalo was able to do at times is sort of get Brady unsettled in the pocket. Kyle Williams is their defensive tackle, Buffalo's defensive tackle, who has been kind of a Patriots killer mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. He's able to get pressure on Brady working against Joe Thune or, or Shaq Mason, one of the Patriots guards or the other one. Mason got hurt. He was out for a little bit last night as well with a calf injury. That's going to be a big thing to watch because he's probably New England's best offensive lineman overall. And if he can't go, that's going to be a problem. So it was sort of that combination, Peter, of the two things that typically give Brady the most trouble. Taking away those routes in the middle of the field, getting some interior pressure on him that led to some of their struggles as an offense. And like you said, they needed not just a big play from Gronkowski to get their one touchdown offensively, but a big one from Devin McCourty on the defensive side of the ball to help put that game away. Yeah, and and it's interesting you mentioned Rex Ryan because who was his defensive coordinator in New York but Mike Patton. And right. Mike Patton now calling the shots for the Green Bay defense. Um, this is this is an unfamiliar opponent, as Mike McCarthy would say, for the Packers in terms of the Patriots. But it is not an unfamiliar opponent for Mike Patton. And, and although it's been a couple years, he has seen a Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick offense before. He's had success against those guys before. Now, Brady has gotten him more than his fair share as well. You You go back and look at some of those games. I mean... Tom Brady had some five touchdown, 300 yard games too now, but I just, I I wonder if you think there's any, there'll be any carryover on either side, whether it's, whether it's a positive for Patton or a positive for the Patriots, that there is some familiarity between, you know, coordinator and, and coach and team. You know, I, I think that there will be some sort of carryover from both sides. I mean, for, from both sides, able to sort of go back to see, you know, some of those previous matchups and say, OK, here's some things that worked. You know, here's some things that maybe didn't work. And here's some things that we can sort of retool. I mean, I think sort of the main way to think about the New England Patriots offense right now is that while it's always been sort of a matchup driven offense, it's been that way even more so this year. And I think sort of a key matchup to think about headed into this week is running back James White in the passing game against, you know, the Green Bay Packers linebackers. Because as we've seen sort of Gronkowski perhaps struggle a little bit, whether it's the ankle that's been bothering him or he's just starting to slow down a little bit. There's, you know, a lot of mileage on those legs and that body. You know, we've seen sort of Josh Gordon come in and become somewhat of a focal point of this offense, but still maybe he's not the Josh Gordon of 2013 like people were expecting to see. James White has taken on much more of a role in the passing game. They like to get him isolated on linebackers. Brady will look to him often, particularly on third downs. They love the idea of getting him into space. There was a third and eight play, you know, Monday night where they needed a conversion. They threw short of the sticks, but he was able to make a linebacker miss for a much needed conversion for that Patriots offense. We're going to get back to Mark in just a second here on Crossover Wednesday, brought to you by MyBookie, but Crossover Wednesday, now on Thursday, at least this week, is also brought to you by Swap.com. It is crazy how much we have to pay for brand new clothes. I just went to the outlets, and even the outlet prices were crazy expensive. Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, there is. It's called Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds at Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Swap.com is the world's largest 
online consignment and thrift store, which means you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and The Gap. These are quality, hand-inspected items, and they're added every day. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. A special offer for our listeners, Locked On Packers listeners, can get 35% off select items on your first order with promo code Locked On. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. That's 35% off select items on your first order with promo code Locked On. And now back to Mark. You know, I, I I talked about this on my show earlier in the week. That that played a Gronk down the sideline. He doesn't have any separation on EJ Gaines, the, the Buffalo Bills corner. But what he has is an enormous size and reach advantage. EJ Gaines, uh, five nine and a half, about a buck eighty five. Well, now you have Josh Jackson, who's six one with long arms, great ball skills, and who plays more like two hundred five to ten. That's a much better matchup for Green Bay than what Buffalo had. And and in that same jump ball situation, you probably still favor Gronk, right? But it's going to be much more difficult, um, or or at least you're going to make life more difficult for Rob Gronkowski. And and speaking of, of Gronk, he hasn't looked healthy all year. Is is this is this a growing concern, or or maybe it's not even a growing concern that Gronk is just not the matchup monster that he used to be? It seems like right now their their preferable matchup, um, you know, nightmare guy is James White, not Rob Gronkowski, which seems crazy to say. Right, it, it does seem crazy to say, Peter, but I think it is moving from concern to I'd say even growing concern and maybe even a little bit beyond that because you're right Peter he hasn't looked like the Gronkowski we've known and come to expect and there are still isolated moments you know there are a couple of plays against Buffalo where you know they love to sort of go play action and get him isolated on safety he's trying to work downhill and he's still got the size advantage in a number of situations you know against whether it's safeties against some smaller corners where he can use sort of that freakish you know size and reach as you you know so accurately put it to make plays but the old Gronkowski used to be able to outrun defenders. You could put him outside. You could go Y-ISO with him. And he could outrun linebackers if a team dared to put a linebacker out there. Or he could even outrun some safeties in those types of situations. He can't do that right now. And whether it's the ankle injury or whether it's the mileage, that's sort of the question that's lingering in the back of you know Patriots fans' minds. I mean, there are two lingering questions in the back of every Patriots fan's mind right now. You know, how long shall longer with Brady? And at this point, how much longer with Gronkowski and from what we've seen this year I mean early in the game you know on one of New England's first two possessions when they had that throw in the out route you know to Gronkowski on Monday night that was nearly intercepted by Matt Milano that was only Gronkowski's second red zone target of the season and part of that might be scheme you know part of that might be teams trying to say look you know we're not going to let you throw it to Rob Gronkowski in the red zone and part of it might be the fact that he's not getting the consistent separation that he had been getting for for years and years and years and so you know it is a, a sort of growing concern in terms of how you see this game going uh the patriots opened as 6 point favorites and it's really tough to beat the patriots at home but they're also coming off a game where they didn't look that inspiring um, they, uh, they, they have some injuries, as you mentioned, whether or not Gronk is fully healthy, what, what the status of Shaq Mason is, 
How do you see this game going on Sunday? I don't I don't necessarily need a prediction unless you want to give one, but but just handicap this this game for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll go prediction you know, at the end of this just because I've been working my way towards that as we've been working <laughs> through this conversation, which Peter has been an absolutely fascinating conversation, you know, both on both sides of the ball. I think we've really done a great job, you know, getting into this game. You know, I think as with so many Patriots games this year, and I said it even before the Buffalo game on Monday night, I, I was telling my listeners on my show, look, you know, this is going to be a game that is never really going to get a blow, get to the, be a blowout. Even though there was a big number, I think 13, 13 and a half, 14 were some of the numbers I was seeing. It's a divisional game on a Monday night, that type of atmosphere. It, it's going to be closer than, you know, that number kind of indicates. And I think it ended up being, you know, closer than, you know, a lot of people really expected. I look at this game, you know, I see six. I, I don't know if, you know, the New England can cover that kind of number. Because I think these are two teams that are pretty evenly matched. I think you look at uh, as much as NBC sort of wants to package this as Brady versus Rodgers. It is, like you said, Peter, you know, Tom Brady versus this Green Bay Packers defense. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Brian Flores and this New England Patriots defense. And I think both offenses probably have a little bit of the advantage in those matches. Probably, you know, when you look at when the Packers have the ball, they probably have a bit more of an advantage, you know, when they have the football, given some of the struggles we've seen from this Patriots defense. But and you get the Bill Belichick factor. And so when you put those things together, I think this is a field goal type game. You know, I think this is a game that's going to come down to, you know, late into the fourth quarter. I think it's a game that might be very reminiscent of that Sunday night or a couple of weeks ago between Kansas City and New England. And mm -hmm. particularly when, Peter, you know, you talked so much about how the dime and the dollar packages that the Packers were using against the Rams and other teams. You know, that's something that New England did with Kansas City. You know, in the buildup to that game, they had used their sort of 3-2-6 package sparingly against Ryan Tannehill. He had just two passing attempts against that look, three passing attempts by Matthew Stafford against that look. But then the week prior, Andrew Luck threw 36 passes against New England's 3-2-6 look as they were getting ready to use that against Kansas City. And so it might be sort of the new flavor of teams you know, saying, look, you know, if you want to hand the ball off, great. Fine, but we're going to have six, seven defensive backs on the field to take away what you do best. We might see a ton of that again on Sunday night. So as far as a prediction, Peter, I'll go 34-31 New England. I am a Pats guy, so i got to pick my guys here. <laughs> but I think this is going to be one of those sort of instant classic type games. And while we're at it, why don't you let uh, my fans know where they can find more of the work that you're doing? Oh, thanks, Peter. And again, just a tremendous conversation. The easiest way to keep up with me is at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Places I contribute include InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly as well. Uh, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scout and Portfolio. Uh, Big Blue View, part of the SB Nation family of websites. And as well as the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I cover them for the Rivals website at Minnesota Rivals on Twitter. And of course, I do host the Locked on Patriots podcast. This was great. I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to connect, and uh, I think we're in for a really good game on Sunday. I think that way too, Peter. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I want to thank Mark again for joining the podcast. Remember, you can find him on Twitter at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D-T. He is a contributor around the internet, just as I am, but you can find him at Inside the Pylon, Pro Football Weekly, The Score, Big Blue View. <laughs> There are tons of places you can find him. It's all on his Twitter feed, so go to his feed, subscribe, and find ways to find the content that Mark creates because 
if people are coming on the show, I think they are worth your time. So go give him a little bit of your time and find the stuff that he works on. We're going to be back tomorrow. Don Banks from Patriots.com, from The Athletic, my former colleague at Sports Illustrated. He's going to be on the show tomorrow, and he's going to he's going to be a great resource for us as we look at this Patriots team and, and what they provide for the Packers moving forward. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Play. Anywhere you find podcasts, you can find Locked On Packers. You can like our Facebook group where we post all of our content. Never miss a show because you're not paying close enough attention. So either subscribe, really just subscribe. But all the shows are also on Facebook. And if you want to be a contributor to the show, if you want to ask a question, if you want to provide some commentary, you can do that. We have a specific place for you to do that. And that is the Locked on Packers fan hotline. It's 920-341-3775 to let us know how you are staying Locked on Packers.